listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in to episode number 149, and this week we welcome back one of my favorite guests, because no matter what he says, he's one of the most entertaining wrestlers in the Chicago scene, making his return to the show, Project Monix. And we'll catch up with him and preview his huge freelance underground championship match against Calvin Tankman this Saturday, December the 17th in Joliet. Plus, we'll recap some of the highlights from last weekend, including ROH, NXT, and Dreamwave Wrestling, And we bring in Sean Lennon of Pro Wrestling Enforcer to talk a little second wrestling and preview Warrior Wrestling 26. And can catch it all right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson and I'm your freelance underground independent champion and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. What a weekend in professional wrestling. And we're going to hit first things first. NXT deadline this past Saturday night, December the 10th. These Iron Survivor matches were just terrific. Roxanne Perez winning the women's match, which also included Cora Jade. And Grayson Waller was the victor in the men's match. And I just love this concept. 25-minute match. Two wrestlers start, a random wrestler comes in every five minutes, pinfalls, submissions count as points, and then there was a penalty box. If you got pinned, you'd be banished to the penalty box for a minute and a half. Really cool concept. It was like watching a sporting event. There was strategy. It was all kinds of cool stuff. And I really love the concept and hope to see it again sometime very soon. NXT Championship, Braun Breaker retains over Apollo Crews. And your new NXT Tag Team Champions, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods of the New Day. That's right, they come down to NXT and they defeat Pretty Deadly of Kit Wilson and Elton Prince. Strong show overall, but that was not the only wrestling nationally on Saturday. We also had ROH's final battle, a mid-afternoon show also on Saturday. ROH World Championship, congratulations to Claudio Castagnoli on defeating Chris Jericho to become the ROH World Champion once again. And in your ROH Tag Team Championship match, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, defeat FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler in a dog collar match to become 13-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. And a lot of people are saying this could be the match of the year. This was definitely a dream matchup with FTR and the Briscoes. ROH Women's Championship, and congratulations to Athena, who defeated Mercedes Martinez to win the championship. Coming up this Friday night, WWE SmackDown comes to Allstate Arena in Rosemont, just outside of Chicago, over by O'Hare. And the Big Dog, the Tribal Chief, your WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, will be in attendance at this show As you know, he's not on TV nearly as much as he used to be, but he'll be front and center in front of the Chicago WWE crowd. And one more national item with some local ties. A hearty congratulations to Missa Kate and Joe Alonzo on signing contracts with the NWA. Awesome stuff. 
Joe Alonzo from Oak Lawn, Missa Kate from Northwest side of Chicago and the nearby suburbs, two great wrestlers. And Missa Kate has been a great guest on our show several times in the past. And in fact, you can catch the most recent Missa Kate interview on Windy City Slam podcast from just a few weeks ago, where she talks a little bit about her NWA career. Now she's a fully signed talent, but you could catch that interview in the Windy City Slam archives or at WindyCitySlam.com. Local professional wrestling this past weekend, Saturday, December the 10th, Dream Wave Wrestling presented Nevermore at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. And I had the chance to check this show out on IWTV. So glad that Dream Wave is now part of indie wrestling on IWTV. We had 12 Gage and Hunter Holdcraft defeating those damn coyotes of Christian Rose and Connor Hopkins. But Christian Rose did not dwell on that loss for too long, and you'll see that in just a little bit. And then we had Marche Rocket defeating Aaron Xavier. AEW's Evil Uno defeats Bucky Collins in a fun match. And in a battle of high flyers, Ninja Mac defeats CJ Esparza. And in this terrific four-way scramble for the vacant Dreamwave Alternative Championship, congratulations to Chicago's favorite luchador, Gringo Loco, defeating Ares, ASF, and Commander to become the new Alternative Champion. And in your main event, we had the Good as Gold Rumble and the Coyote himself, Christian Rose, Old Evil, wins the match. Outlasting folks such as Ellie Catch, Axel Rico, Brubaker, Evil Uno, Hammerstone, Jay Fowler, Banders, Marche Rocket, Matt Nix, Mike Hartenbauer, Shane Hollister, and Swaggle. And now this means Christian Rose will face the Dreamwave champion, the Ice Pick, Vic Capri, at Dreamwave's next show in February. Plus, Hacksaw Jim Duggan will be a special guest at this show, which is on February the 11th, back in LaSalle. Okay, now we're going to bring onto the show pro wrestling enforcer Sean Lennon, and he's going to talk a little bit about Second Wrestling's Dynasty and preview a little bit of Warrior Wrestling 26. All right, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast, we welcome Sean Lennon of Pro Wrestling Enforcer Podcast to talk a little bit about that event from this past Sunday. Second Wrestling's Dynasty at the Bernard Wenger JCC up in Northbrook. Sean was in attendance. He was checking out all the action. So, Sean, what do you think of the show? It was a fun show. I, I as my second, no pun intended, second wrestling show. I went to their show initially back in uh, July at the uh, Kings and Convicts Brewery in uh, Highwood, Illinois. Mm-hmm. That was a fun show. That was a 21 over show. So much different this time, especially when there was most the most children I've ever seen in attendance for an independent wrestling show. I mean, even more than, a, you know, I mean, comparable to like a WWE show. It's like that, it was a birthday party going on. So that was part, you know, part of the atmosphere for the birthday party was that the kids got to see wrestlers. And they, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing these wrestlers like getting attacked by these kids. Like Mr. K got smacked the back of her head because she was like interact but all the wrestlers interacted with the kids like so there was like really no not much interaction like the adult fans as much as the kids like they were like front and center and yeah i was like listen wow i would i'm surprised she didn't want to smack i'm sure she didn't want to smack one of those kids back because they were smacking her they were it was was great dad draper had a good time he got down or this reporter should be he got down on his and this is stuff you know you can't normally see right uh, they are going to be part of the show, but he got on his, uh, you know, got down on the floor, lying down on the floor, and he did arm wrestling challenge, and he lost one of the kids. I think the birthday <laughs> boy. So the birthday boy was getting it because Cole Cabana was during his during his match. He's like, "What what, what move you want to see me do?" And the kid birthday kid was shouting out, "What move want to see him do?" You know what I mean? It, Eric Cannon was actually it was actually Eric Cannon, not Cole Cabana, but Cole Cabana did that as well. So I saw I got to see Eric Cannon do. The, the uh, jackhammer, and I got to see, uh, I believe, Cole Cabana do the RKO. <laughs> like, that that was pretty unique. Like, you know, these are moves they're never really going to normally do any anywhere else. And so, yeah, just recap that. Eric Cannon and Cole Cabana had, like, an impromptu match. But all of a sudden, Trevor Outlaw, 
and Frontman Jossi show up, and they made an impromptu tag team match, and of oh. course the good guys won in that one as well. So that that was interesting because Coco Bear didn't have a match scheduled on the card, and him and Eric are good friends, you know, from back in the day. You know, they've, they've been working in independent scene, AEW, and so I, I felt like that was that was definitely a, a good match for those two guys, and you know, put and you know, you know, going over the younger uh, heels. And frontman Jossie and uh, Trevor Outlaw, who you know wasn't even scheduled to make an appearance on the show. Yeah, Trevor actually told me on Witty City Slayer podcast last week that uh, he did owe Rabbi Fine a date since uh, he was injured earlier this year, and that was obviously the date he was able to fulfill. But he did not have a match scheduled until that impromptu deal. So yeah, so Trevor yeah, was yes. told me he was going to be there, but he didn't know what he was doing yet. Yeah. And then, of course, you had uh, the Battle of the Cades, Miss Cade and Killer Cade, and Miss Cade won that one. Uh, I did write a sign saying, our Cade is better than yours. <laughs> we Miss Cade over, you know, I had to put our girl over. So uh, that was a fun fight, especially with the kids, again, involved in this matchup. And as I say, Miss Cade was just got to be miserable with the, the, the kids surrounding her. She got smacked in the back of the head by one of the kids. But I think the kids just made it a different atmosphere, uh, to be honest. And and they were front and center and more than anyone else uh, when it came to attention. And the match was fun. It was a, it was a, I, don't, I don't think they used to have wrestled each other before. Came off great. And Miss Kate, of course, you know, got the pinfall victory. She cheated to do that. Uh, but, you know, Killer Kate showed up. And as well, so hopefully she's actually wrestled the last second wrestling event that I was at as well. And I, this is the first time I went to the second at this venue. I didn't actually go to the first event they had a year ago. Uh, so Dynasty was fun. I mean, it's Northbrook is not really a lot of wrestling events there. I don't think they have anything there. So, and when you have this kind of talent they're bringing in, it's 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 a it's a can't miss show. So I I thought that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, and uh, you already answered my question. Uh, Miss Kate obviously played the heel in that match. Yes, yes, okay. she, she was. And speaking um, of Dynasty, um, one-man Dynasty, Davis Trell was in that Battle Royal, right? So how did that yes. turn out? Well, the Battle Royal had a mystery opponent, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it actually turned out it was Rabbi <laughs> uh, Jeremy Fine. He was, he was really? the mystery opponent. Yeah, but he did actually wrestle because he got in the ring when Darius Trell was – the only other guy in the ring with him, and he just decided to, to walk right out. Initially, he did. He got in the ring and was just waiting around. So I guess he was the mystery guy. Um, it was fun. I mean, uh, Xavier Sky kind of got eliminated early on. Ezio Amore and, and of course, uh, was, you know, in that match, too. They were they were a lot of fun. Xavier Sky got really eliminated, uh, you know, very early on. Another guy that, you know, I, I got to see Russell for the first time, he always does, like, the freelance pre-show is Jason Midas and, you know, Jason Midas and Ezio, they kind of had a lot of uh, stuff going on in their matches. You know, they, they, there was a base, basically there was kind of like a tension between those two. Now who ended up winning the event? That was uh super thunder frog one. Oh, one, nice. Uh, Dynasty battle Royal and is the Maxwell street heritage champion. So yeah, he got to win that. So uh, my guys, uh, Jordan Cross and uh, Darius Latrell did not uh, fare as no. well as I thought they would. No, they, they didn't. They didn't come close to winning. But again, it was. I thought it was just a fun match. Ben, I mean, Dak Draper and Hammerstone. Those two delivered a great match. I mean, that's that's a match you could put up against any kind of mid card match for Warrior Wrestling or um, you know AEW. It's if it, it was a main event here, it, it could be on any other card. So that was that was I think that was the first time. Yeah, it was a first time match ever. And Dak Draper is a guy I feel like why well, haven't we seen him more in the Chicagoland area? I just think he's got you know a lot of lot of lot of upside to him. Young, talented. He moves every. He moves very well. He's a very great character. You know, for his size, he moves very well. And him and Hammerstone, they had a banger. Um, that was definitely a match tonight. People. Were like this is looks real. They were commenting like this looks real. So, you know, I thought they 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 had a hell of a, ma- a performance. And Dak Draper actually performed at second back in March as well as part of their uh, championship tournament, and he was impressive that day as well. A uh, great physique and great character, and uh, he really really had the the crowd into it back then. Yes, he he he's uh, he's definitely uh, one of those guys you know who's done a lot of work in Ring of Honor extensively. He's an amateur athlete. I've had him on the PWE before. Good guy to interview. And we'll definitely have him back again. Uh, one of the guys to keep an eye on, like, you know, kind of like 
you know, like just a rising star that, that no one's really paying attention to right now. Like this is the time to, to feature him on your show, you know, before everything, you know, he, he gets signed or he goes, you know, he's, he's definitely upward trajectory, I think. And there was one other women's match on the show too, right? Kylan King and Free Range Kara. Yes, Kylan King won that match against Free Range Kara. It was another fun match. Kylan King was did great with the kids. I mean, everybody was interacting with the kids. So, you know, Kylan played the heel really well against Free Range Kara. She was, uh, uh, you know, Kylan King just very, you know, very, I thought they both both women did great though. Like they both had their moments. They both, you know, knew how to, you know, work the crowd. And, and get, you know, get free range Kara was able to get the crowd behind her, of course, you know, against Kyle King. So even though Kyle King's established name is, you know, has made all these appearances, you know, internationally, like, you know, free range Kara, she was, you know, she was the one you were cheering for at the end of the night. And I thought Kyle King was amazing. I thought they, they both did a great job. And I mean, I, let's, you know, let, let's be honest, Kyle King's got another match coming up in, at Warrior Wrestling. So yep. we'll get to that too. But uh, I felt they, uh, they did a great job. And uh, for those who may not know, and I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but Free Range Kara was once Kara Noya. Yes, yes. I seen her back in Black Label Pro like a few years ago. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So great report from Sean on Second Wrestling's Dynasty. As usual, yes. Rabbi Jeremy Fine does a terrific job with the shows. A lot of great talent, diverse talent, women's mm -hmm. wrestling, you name it. No Billy Starks this time, though. Hopefully she'll be no. back at their next show. Yeah, yeah. Billy's, uh, you know, had a lot of commitments, you know, after she missed, you know, some time going overseas to Japan. So uh, maybe she's probably taking some time off of that as well. So but I know she's pretty book solid. So she'll be back, I'm sure, at the next second wrestling to defend her belt. And interesting to see who's the number one contender. And one of the next shows you'll be at is Saturday night at Warrior Wrestling in yeah. Chicago Heights, Warrior Wrestling 26. So out of this eight match card, what one or two matches are you most looking forward to on this show? Uh, I'm looking to speedball Mike Bailey and uh, and uh, Zachary Wentz. That is mm -hmm. that that match just jumps out at me, and it's going to be so exciting to see those two. Just from a pure wrestling standpoint, these guys know everything and, and trick in the book. They know how to really get the crowd hyped and just do things that like you're like, wow, I can't believe human beings could do that. Like freaking superheroes, you know what I mean? So. It's like a video game. That's that's the kind of match I'm I'm anticipating between, between these two. It's it's going to be one of those matches that you could see like in PWG one day, or you know New Japan Strong, or you know Impact Wrestling, right? Because mm -hmm. once used to be an Impact Wrestling, so you know it's going to be one of those those level matches that are going to be amazing. And um, the next match I think is going to be awesome is going to be uh, Johnny Warrior and Sam Adonis for the yeah. Lucha Championship match. You can't miss that one. Uh, a lot of you know. A lot of pride and honor is going to be on the line for that one. Sam Adonis hasn't defended the Lucha Championship in quite some time. And this is Johnny's uh, debut, Johnny Warrior, John Morrison. So this is his Warrior Wrestling debut. He's one of the bigger stars of, uh, you know, the Lucha uh, International background. And both big names in AAA, so you can't go wrong with that one. And, you know, the next match I'm looking forward to as well is I'm looking forward to Mancer and Trevor Outlaw because I really want to see what Mance Warner does to Trevor Outlaw in this match. So those are my top three. I, I just like, it's just like one of those matches that just came out of the blue, you know, and just like Mance Warner is, is, is exciting. Have you seen Mance Warner in person before? I've seen him on TV, but never in person. Okay. He's, he knows how to get the crowd involved. He's always, you know, his matches in AAW are classics. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just one of those guys that really, not only connects to the crowd, but everything he throws looks like hard. It's stiff. It's violent. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, this is one of those matches, you know, you're just going to like, it's going to look like a fight. It's going to feel like a fight. And at the end of the day, I, I don't think Trevor Outlaw is going to enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, Trevor Outlaw, as you just mentioned, uh, getting a big opportunity here is beat part of Frank the Clown LLC, FTC LLC. And Storm Grayson is well on this show, taking on Max Casters. That should also be another terrific match. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good one as well. Max Caster, AEW Tag Team Champion. Great matchup for Storm, especially for him. And we'll see what happens in that one. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, you know, live entertaining before the match. But I think during the match, it's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, Storm Grace is one of those guys that really can work with. He's very versatile. I've seen him work with almost everybody in different promotions and really come out shining. So this is going to be no different.
Yeah, the last two years, Storm Grayson's been an absolute fire. Yeah. He was the freelance underground independent champion currently. He was a former yeah. freelance world champion as well. Yeah. And this show, just to run off the last couple matches here, we also have uh, Kylan King, which you mentioned earlier, facing yeah. Tootie Lynn. Eddie Kingston will be making an appearance. He's taking out Warhorse. And my guy, Jordan Cross. I guess mm-hmm. EC3 should be very interesting to see how well Jordan can stack up against the veteran EC3. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did, I did, I did interview with Jordan. He, you know, went through like how this whole thing happened between him and EC3. Obviously, it's it's gotten quite personal, and you know, never know what's going to happen in these kind of matches. I feel like they're gonna, they're definitely gonna be more of a brawl than than an actual technical contest. We'll see what happens, and I think EC3. He's gonna he's gonna look at Jordan Cross. Don't don't overlook Jordan because he can come out at you and he'll come out swinging and keep fighting. There's nothing left of him. So it's just it's just one of those matches you gotta. It's intriguing to watch, but it's gonna be more intriguing to see who comes out on top. And speaking of technical warrior wrestling, always seems to find these names that you may not have heard of, but they have a tag team match. Technical difficulties taking on, I believe it's Slime Season or SZN or whatever. Yes. I'm not for sure how that's pronounced or whatever, but what have you heard about that? A technical difficulties, they come from St. Louis. That oh, okay. I, I know, I, I'm not too familiar with them, but they come from St. Louis. They're with Tootie Lynn uh, in Team Ambition. Oh, okay. By T- David Richards. Uh, Slime Season, I just haven't heard enough of them. Like I I, I heard of the name, but it's not, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing new, new, new talent, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be an interesting way to open up the show and, and really display. I'm sure they're, they're here at warrior for a reason and they're going to get people on their, on their feet. If they're, if they're the opening match, you can't count them out as well. Absolutely. So warrior wrestling, 26 Marion Catholic high school in Chicago Heights, 7 PM bell time. The VIP meet and greet begins at four 30. If you can't get out to that show, it'll also be on pro wrestling TV for 1999 on pay-per-view. All right, Sean, thank you very All much right, for no coming problem, on. And before we let you go, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of promote you a little bit. Oh, thank you. you. You can catch Sean on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Sean Lennon of Pro Wrestling Enforcer Podcast. And there's plenty of great content there, including recent interviews with Maria Canellas of Women's Wrestling yes. Army. Jordan Cross, Cole Radrick was just up on your Instagram, I believe. Yes. And then there's also Miss Kate that you talked to recently. So a lot of great content, Sean. If, thank if you. Any, Anything else you want to add about pro wrestling? I, I, well, my, my stuff from freelance underground, they're going to be coming out soon. I had Storm Grayson. I had a, a talk with uh, with Darius Luttrell, our good friend Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez. First time mm-hmm. we had him on PWA. I've had Darius on before. And we had an interview, another interview with our good friend Alfonso Gonzalez. So all, all those guys were on there. So that content will be up soon. And also check out my, my exclusive interview from Second Wrestling. I did one at Second Reveal. Wrestling with Ezio Orlandi, so yeah. that's it. That's a newcomer, you know, first year in the business. So it's great to talk to him on PWE as well. First time we've had him on. Yeah, Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi. Yeah, he's a guy that's really coming up in this business. Yes, for sure. So everybody, check out my content. Appreciate you, Mike, for being on, having us on uh, Windy City Slam. Thanks again to Sean Lennon of Pro Wrestling Enforcer for talking a little bit of second wrestling and Warrior Wrestling. Now, coming up this week, in addition to Warrior Wrestling 26, Freelance Wrestling presents Deck the Halls with Balls of Fury Friday night, December the 16th at the Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. And this card is shaping up to be pretty stacked. We have the Freelance World Champion Robert Ego Anthony with Frank the Clown taking on Mysterious Q. Now, if you recall, at last month's Logan Square Auditorium show, Mysterious Q got a little bit of a controversial victory over Storm Grayson, thanks to Frank the Clown. And now Mysterious Q gets what Storm Grayson should have got, a freelance world championship shot against Robert Ego Anthony. Interesting stuff right there. And then we have freelance legacy champion Brian Keith defending against absolutely one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And he's had an amazing year at impact wrestling and in a lot of independent wrestling as well. Speedball, Mike Bailey. And then a match we're really looking forward to as well. And we talked a little bit last week with our guest, Trevor outlaw about this fans bring the presence. Trevor outlaw takes on Matt Nix. 
And then Project Monix with James Russo faces one half of the Bang Bros, August Matthews. And in what should really be a load of fun, we have GPA against Luigi Primo. That's going to be crazy. And Saturday, December the 17th, this is a show I will be at front and center. Freelance Underground's The Final Countdown at the Contini VFW in Joliet. 6 o'clock bell time, 5.15 doors. And so far, the matches are as follows. We have the Freelance Underground Championship. Our special guest this week, Project Monix. We'll talk a whole lot more about this match. Monix, along with James Russo in his corner, challenges heavyweight hustle Calvin Tankman for the title. Wrestling for a Cure Tag Team Championship, the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, face Coco Lane and GPA. Brian Keith takes on Mojo McQueen, and in a three-way women's match, which, is, which could steal the show, the Wild Unicorn Laney, Kayla Cassidy, and Big Al, Alice Crowley, will face off. And just announced... Just as I started recording this segment, Gunner Brave, Joliet's own, takes on Sabotage, Sean Logan. Also this weekend, Saturday, December the 17th, we have Northern Lights Wrestling's Cold Rush at the Godley Park District in Godley. And Friday night and Saturday night, up in Woodstock, Premier Pro Wrestling will take two of their TV episodes. All right, coming up next. The master of the ultimate swerve, Project Monix. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Brand new SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Out in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. We welcome back a man who has made some of the biggest headlines over the last year and a half in Chicago independent wrestling. He really is one of Chicago's most compelling stories. A man who's living his finest life during the final phase. The master of the ultimate swerve, ladies and gentlemen, Project Monix. Thank you, Mike. Love the intro. That's great. Yeah, welcome back, Pat. We really appreciate having you. And now we're going to talk a little bit on during this interview about your upcoming freelance underground championship match against the heavyweight hustle, Calvin Tankman. And that's Saturday night, December the 17th. As part of Freelance Underground's The Final Countdown at the Cantini VFW in Joliet, doors at 515, bell at 6, get your tickets soon, you want to go see this match. And this could be the culmination of uh, an absolute great story that you have told over the last, well, you could say year and a half, maybe it's been more like three years since this whole thing kind of got rolling. Yeah, yeah, it's been going on for quite some time. Um for the people who are close to it and like paying attention that uh, attend, you know, these shows or, or watch it from, you know, online. Um, I feel they've all been, uh, been just invested in it. And it's been cool to get to be a part of something that, you know, like when you wrestle for a long time, you don't have that many like moments, sort of say people talk about like moments in wrestling a lot. Mm -hmm. um, when, when you do get to like strike some lightning there, it's fun to get to ride it out as long as possible. Oh, a lot has happened since we last spoke on this program back in May of this year. The last time we spoke here, you were preparing to fight Matt Nix in a submit or I quit match at Freelance Underground's four quarters at Thornton Distilling. 
And in the end, you ended up aligning yourself with James Russo and then tried to terminate a guy who people thought was your best friend in Chico Suave. So first things first, why you and Russo? And what is your end game in having Russo in your corner? Russo is, um, not many people know this, but Russo has been in my corner since, I don't want to say day one, uh, but pretty early into my wrestling journey. When I got started, I actually started in Florida. It's like weird that I have to think about that for a second. Like, where did I start wrestling? So um, I started in Florida, even though I'm from around here in Chicago area. Mm -hmm. But um, once I got trained up a little bit and I came back home for like, I I was living like kind of in two places at once, right? I'd spend like X amount of months in Peoria, Illinois, X amount of months in Tampa-ish, Florida, we'll call it Sarasota, Riverview um, is where we would train. So yeah, it's just kind of like, I got going down there, came back to Chicago, um, you know, met James and some of these guys, Bryce, like it didn't really work out at first, went back to Florida, then came back and then got like a job and got situated and then started training full time. Uh, so then I was at like, you know, at the time it didn't really have a name because there was like, there was one indie promotion and then it was another and then they changed names and the school was just kind of like a part of it. Right. But James was around and James then ran underground wrestling. Mm-hmm. which I eventually started doing some. James was very involved in Galley Lucha Libre, yep. which I was doing all the time. Um, that was like the first place to even book me in Chicago was Galley Lucha Libre because uh, we would all train together. We all got to know each other. So, yeah, for a long time, long story short, I've known James, and he's always been very supportive of me in wrestling. Like, he always uh, I felt believed in me. Everything he always, like, said was true. Like, it never, like, like I felt like he kept his word all the time if you like tell me something or like he would call me out on my bullshit as well, which was a lot more often than I think at the time I realized. So yeah, James has always kind of had my back in wrestling. He's been, uh, I think, I think he's been that for a lot of people and you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. And not to say that you couldn't concoct a brilliant plan and a great story by yourself, but you th- can you tell me if James was pulling some strings at all long before we kind of knew he was in your corner? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say the answer to that is yes. James and I had a conversation uh, pretty early on to uh, pr- pretty, pretty early on to the, the thought of me coming back to wrestling. Uh, I thought for a little bit, I thought I was out when it came to like the details of the injuries and stuff that I was dealing with at the time mm-hmm. um, amongst some other reasons. So I just kind of thought I was out, but when I started to get an inkling of the thought that like, okay, due to this doctor, due to this um, conversation I've had, uh, I'm starting to get a little more optimistic. Um, that's when I started to think about, you know, all of this. And that's when I reached out to James kind of around the same time. He was very good about, uh, just leaving me alone the whole time I was away from wrestling and hurt and just making sure like I'm okay. And a lot of people were good about that. Like I felt like no one was bugging me. Like, when are you coming back to wrestling? When are you coming back to wrestling? I feel like a lot of people knew um, I didn't really have a choice in the matter at the time. So you, um, in your, our last talk, our last interview, the whole thing where it was Matt, uh, Matt Nix that brought in James to ringside and you brought Chico with you. And you even told me James will not make any difference yet. Here we are. So was that a smoke screen because you're the master chess player here? I mean, so I, I had the plan going uh, like simultaneously to James having his plan going. Right. I'm sure we both have our own plans uh, actively and always. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're in, we're envisioning what, where we want to get to and what we have to do to get there um, that can get layered. But with Chico, I actually, my, my plan, I, I wanted it to be James, Chico, and I. Um, it just didn't work out that way for a lot of reasons. And I'm not here to, you know, rag on Chico or say Chico couldn't hack it or Chico, Chico couldn't cut it in the group or anything like that. Um, just the way things went down led to them going the way they went down. And Chico Chico has a place in, in line with this team if he wants it. So... I would just leave that out there. I would love, I would love, love, love to tag with Chico one-on-one. 
I kill him every time. So that's just like it is what it is. I don't want to have to keep like beating up Chico Suave. That's not my MO. It, it seems to have been my MO for many years now. I, mm-hmm. I feel like, like somehow I fucking end up with Chico as my like greatest rival. But that is that is where uh, where we lie. I think you have the most fun and get the most aggressive wrestling the people who you love the most. Yeah, poor Chico actually had kind of has been a whipping boy here and there for numerous folks over the last couple of years. He's everybody's everyone fr- loves Chico. Yeah, I mean, he's everybody's <laughs> friend. Because yep. everyone loves him, so then he gets beat up. <laughs> he, even, he even went on record on this podcast over the summer and said that he had hoped that he could still salvage the friendship between you and him. He said that on your on your on your podcast here. Yes, he did. Wow, that's unbelievable. No. He well, still feels that strongly. Well, I mean, I got a show coming up um, in December. First Calvin Tankman. And Chico did a lot to assist me getting out of the venue and, and free from the powers that be that night. So, um, I don't know. Chico, yeah. hit my line. <laughs> <laughs> And you had a pretty darn hot run over the summer in freelance and freelance underground, racking up a lot of victories, lots of victims left in your wake, including some of the freelance academy's young emerging stars. Yeah. Yeah. Freelance wrestling academy, um, you know, over the last, gosh, almost 14 months now, right? I mean, I don't really know exactly when I came back because I had a few matches before that October match with Tankman. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let's, let's say August, what are we now? December? Yeah. 16, 18 months, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like over the last 16, 18 months, I got to wrestle a lot of people, um, that I'm happy I got to wrestle. Like, uh, it's kind of been like a second lease on life with wrestling, just getting to come back and start fresh and, um, do things a little differently. And it's been that it was refreshing in, in that regard. And then you get to wrestle people. Like I got to wrestle. You start with, when you just think of like freelance, like, Chico and Matt Nix, um, two people I wanted to uh, get my hands on for a long time in, in a in a in a bigger platform like like a freelance wrestling where people have a little more eyes on it or watching it. There's footage kind of thing. So you combine those kind of guys with like I wrestled Alfonso Gonzalez last year. Right when I came back, I wrestled Aaron Payne. I wrestled Davey Bang and and um. I wrestled Xavier Sky. I wrestled Saban Gage. So you start to add these names up of all these like guys from around here, and it's just like, oh yeah, these are these are the people I would have wanted to wrestle. So then when I look back at the year, I just kind of view it as a, a success in in that regard of just like, like you said, I left a lot of victims in my wake. I, you know, went on a bit of a terror, but I did what I felt I needed to do. I went out there and, and handled things the way I like to handle them. And that's 110%. It's at a fast pace. It's a little aggressive, but in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm just like happy with everything that I've done to get to this point. And I hope the people that have been a part of it are as well. And despite that great run though, uh, Chico did pull out a surprise victory against you over the summer at Freelance Underground, despite the fact that, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe he won the battle by getting the pin, but you won the war by beating him down. Yeah, I left the venue on my own two feet. Um, I, I was all good. Uh, Chico was a beaten, battered, passed out carcass in the middle of the ring with a bunch of debris and blood around him. So like, you know, dude got drowned in in a in a tub of water. Like uh, I think I put like soap down his throat at one point. Like you know, the the dude took a beating, and if he's gonna get a win on me ever, that was that was when it was gonna when it was gonna happen. Um, it just I was a little over concerned with putting Chico in the dirt, and he did get a three count in the mist of me just destroying him for a very long time. So now it's coming full circle for you. You're returning to the venue where you wrestled Jesus Bryce, and then you disappeared for over a year. And now you're also fighting the guy. You wrestled the final phase 14 months ago in Calvin Tankman on a night of the ultimate swerve. So what 
does the last 14 months mean to you in terms of getting ready for this particular match? Yeah, I just think there's that mentality, um, you know, as a wrestler, as an athlete, and whatever you do, to kind of, like, play every game like it's your last or live every day like it's your last just in life. So I try to replicate that mentality into wrestling and just kind of live, like, you know, like, not to be cliche, but, like, if today was your last day, how would you live it? And I want to mm-hmm. wrestle that way, right? Like, I have to do it. Maybe, maybe it's a – it's a little bit more of a metaphor because, like, if you were literally wrestling every match like it was your last match and you knew you didn't have to wrestle again, you might have a little bit of different in-ring strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, you know, you got to pay the bills by wrestling or whatever your situation is or you're just trying to climb up the ladder in wrestling, um, you're probably going to wrestle pretty hard, but you got to have the, the strategy. Some guys like to wrestle – guys and gals like to wrestle more often. Some like to be a little more particular with their bookings. You know, lately I've kind of like picked and, and chose my spots a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, it's no coincidence that I didn't wrestle here in November. I took a little step back uh, to get like laser focused and dialed in for, for this December. Uh, there's no off season in wrestling. I've been going very hard for the last, like like you said, 14 to 16 months. And to me, this match is very important. So I want to make sure that I'm showing up at 100%. Okay, with this rematch of Tankman, what do you need to do differently to defeat Tankman and finish this story? He's obviously gigantic, 350 pounds, probably 130 to 150 pounds heavier than you are. And you gave him a legit battle last time. And there's that great underdog story kind of fighting from underneath. But now you've had a chance to kind of re-rack things and do a year, you know, picking and choosing opponents and fights and matches and stuff like that. So can you let me in on a little bit of what you might do differently this time? I think that's a mystery. Um, I think if I, if I give that away, uh, it wouldn't do me any favors in, in my, you know, quest to win this match. So unfortunately I don't want to dive too much into like where my head is at in terms of game plan, in terms of what I'm going to do to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like, just differently in, in terms of preparation, there was a lot of distractions for me the last time around when I wrestled Calvin yep. during the build the build up. I for a little bit pulling the trigger on that plan on that swerve that wasn't, you know, something that can really be truly decided on until the moment you pull the trigger. So there was a lot of lead up to to all that where I was kind of thinking we'll see, you know, like maybe I can't come back to wrestling. I, I had to do a lot of rehab and a lot of work to get back into the state that people are used to seeing project Monix in. Uh, and I didn't want to go out there and be a shell of myself by any means. And once I realized I was able to get to a spot above that, um, where I felt I was coming back stronger and better than ever. Um, it felt like it was time to pull, pull the trigger on, on that plan that I had taken a lot of, a lot of effort to come up with and to execute properly. Right. When you're so focused on those kind of things and, and, and how you're going to make, make this, this moment and get everyone's eyes on you one more time and, and start fresh and come back with this momentum, I think sometimes it's a little easy to forget about the task at hand in terms of the actual match, in terms of the guy that's trying to beat you. Calvin Tankman just won the championship that night. Mm-hmm. He was not going to be embarrassed and be the guy who comes in, wins the championship, loses it in the same night. To the guy who's retiring and doesn't have the championship anyways, you know, Calvin in his mind, he was in kill mode. And um, I recognized that when I was in the ring, I still thought I was going to, you know, dig deep because I was wrestling like it was my last match, but it, it wasn't enough. Now I've wrestled Calvin. Now I have an idea of what he does in there or a better idea of what he does in there. Just based off like the combination of being able to scout him as well as wrestle him one-on-one in a, in a big fight environment like that. So I just kind of am in a position now that I think I believe that going into this match, I am going to be just fine. I am feeling very confident. I am feeling very healthy. And I would just say I'd rather be in my position than be in his position going into this because I don't think I have anything to lose. My championship belt is self-made. It's self-affiliated. I'm going to have that forever. You know, you can even take it home with you from me uh, on the on the show in, in December, right? But it's still mine. I, I did what I did. 
I made the waves that I made. I made the moment that I made and that can't be taken away. So now all that's left to do is to beat Calvin Tankman, uh, win the championship that is won via competition. And to me, it's like, that's kind of the completion of the final phase, right? I, I always say the final phase is forever. And it is, that's like that live it every day. Like it's your last day mentality. But I just think that's the, the, the mind state that Calvin Tankman is going to be looking at across the ring. And I don't think, I don't think he's going to do it again. I don't think he's going to repeat the performance that he had the last time we wrestled. He's had a great reign, but he's had a couple of close calls. Uh, Shane Mercer kind of gave him a really good fight the last few months. And he's a guy that could slip on a banana peel. And he's a guy that you, you can go in there and do some stuff too, that can really knock him off. In my opinion, you're, even before the whole final phase thing, I thought you had all the talent in the world and you can be, you can go as far as you wanted to go. Well, I appreciate that. Um, that means a lot, Mike. And like, you know, that, that is how I feel about myself as well. And I think when you're, when you're on the journey of like trying to make it in, in pro wrestling, that's like what the battle is, right? It's proving to everyone else that, Hey, I, this is what I believe. This is how I feel. You should feel this way too. And it kind of becomes this big contest where everyone's doing it, right? Everyone's trying to prove themselves. It's just this, this big world of, of people trying to prove themselves in, in these wrestling matches or in, in their promos by garnering more fan attention. Cause the louder the fans cheer for you, um, the more t-shirts they buy, that's going to positively impact your wrestling career. So I, I, have to view myself that way and i think it's going to be nice to remind people in the ring with someone like calvin tankman when i do what i know i'm going to do you know where i stand calvin tankman is one of those guys right now who um, i think in the last couple of years I, I know for a fact you know he's, he's he's won like a championship in mlw if not two he's been booked all over you know i know for sure all, all over the country um, I think he's done some international stuff in his career as well. You know, don't, don't quote me on that, but I know Calvin is one of those guys who's just very respected as a serious competitor. So to just get in there with someone like that, both in like the prime of our, you know, like athletic careers in terms of like age and, and tra trajectory, uh, I'm just excited to go out there and do that. And then ultimately excited to be the one standing in the middle of the ring with both belts in the air. And that's where we'll, that's where we will be at on twelve seventeen. Yeah, and once again, Freelance Underground presents the final countdown Saturday night, December the seventeenth. Cantini VFW in Joliet. Doors at five fifteen. Bell at six. Tickets available at fu-tickets.com. The main event we have Project Monix challenging heavyweight hustle Calvin Tankman for the Freelance Underground Championship. And Pat. Looking ahead just a little bit, I mean, obviously your your tunnel your tunnel vision, you're focused on this match. But have you given any thought to the future after this match, win or lose? Yeah, I, I've thought a lot about that, and and I do actively. That's something I'm always I'm very forward thinking, and I, and I've always been very forward thinking my entire life, Mike. It's always kind of been like. I don't know if I should call it an issue, but it's been just like a thing that I have to be conscious of. Um, in the past, you know, year and a half since I've returned to wrestling, I've really tried to create a serious focus on staying present. When I when I think about going forward with wrestling, it depends what day you ask me any day. You know, when I was mm -hmm. first breaking into wrestling, like, you know, one month in and you, you, you take a really hard bump and you get kind of hurt and you get your bell wrong and you go home and you think to yourself ah like be really easy to not do this every day the next day you wake up you watch the right wrestling match and you're right back in it you know mm -hmm. so it, it's one of those things where <laughs> there's this piece of me that's like oh project monix is gonna be wrestling as like a 92 year old <laughs> and then there's this piece of me that's like i could have been done yesterday um, so I try not to think too much about like what's next or, or what I'm going to do. I'm more focused now on trying to be present with what I'm currently doing. 
All right, Pat, before we let you go, um, could you let the folks know about your social media, whatever merchandise you have, and if there's any other upcoming events besides the final countdown? Yeah, at Project Monix on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So, um, yeah, I don't have a website anymore. It used to be projectmonix.com. That was easy, and I had all my stuff. But, you know, buy the T-shirts online. They're on a few different websites. I don't know which websites I should and shouldn't promote at this point with uh, the politics of things. So just Google Project Monarch T-shirts and, and, and buy one that looks right for you or come to a show and buy the shirt in person because that's how you get the cool good ones. They have two logos, one on the front, one on the back. At a discount these days because we, we bought too many. <laughs> All right, Project Monarchs, best of luck at Freelance Underground on December 17th, and we'll catch you there in Joliet. Thank you, Mike. I'll see you then. Always a captivating conversation with Project Monix. And each time I've interviewed him, he seems to have had a different tone. It's very, very interesting what he brings to the table and what the stories he tells. And I am really looking forward to the possible conclusion of this amazing story with Project Monix as he takes on heavyweight hustle Calvin Tankman at Freelance Underground. All right, next week, we're going to recap the action from Freelance Underground, plus Freelance and Warrior, plus we welcome a very special Christmas guest, and here he is to tell us all about it. Hello, everyone. Maven, former WWE superstar, season one, Tough Enough winner. Make sure you catch Windy City Slam podcast wherever podcasts are available, and December 20th, Make sure you check out my episode, Windy City Slam. Check it out. That's right. WWE alumnus Maven will join us next week. And I can't wait to share this fun interview with everyone. And special thanks to Mo Lightning, one of our past guests from over the summer, for helping facilitate this episode with Maven. And you can catch all that right here next week on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.